Hey everybody, great to be with you. We're going to carry on with our series here and now. Um, and this morning we're going to be looking at the voice of God. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be jumping all over the place, but we're going to start off in Job 37. So if you've got your Bibles, jump in there. This is from verse one. And this is one of Job's friends speaking to him. So it says this, at this my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. That's an amazing passage, right? It's talking about just this the incredible strength and power of God's voice. Um, and, and my challenge this week is, you know, what is it we can be doing here and now? What is it we want to get serious about is the voice of God. Get really serious about the voice of God. And you know, in, in our culture, in our context, there are so many other voices saying so many different things, you know, and lots of voices talking in, you know, really aggressive terms with absolutes and definitives. And, you know, and the enemy's you know, we have an enemy whose primary tactic has always been and will always be to question the voice of God. Did God really say? It's always been his tactic. You know, he's the, he is the father of lies. It's one of the names for the devil. Um, and he is constantly accusing and undermining and wanting to, wanting to tell a different story to the one of the voice of God. And so, you know, now more than ever, um, it's actually really important that we get serious about the voice of God. Um, because when God speaks, everything is changed. Everything changes. If you, you know, you look, you know, in the Bible, even starting at the very beginning, it's the voice of God that created, you know, God said that let there be light and there was. God said and there was. There's this creative power in what God says. You know, if you read Psalm 29, we're not gonna have time to do it now, but it's another amazing Psalm, just like extolling the the voice of God, it says the voice of God is powerful, it's majestic, it talks about it, um, God's voice breaking cedars, shaking deserts, melting mountains, twisting trees, just like this raw power in the voice of God. Now Isaiah 55 reminds us that actually, it's not just that there is power in the voice of God, there is, there is promise and there is fulfillment of promise. In Isaiah 55 it says, and God says, my word does not go out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So it's, it's not empty. Actually, there's, there's power in what he says. He also will fulfill the promise of his word. Um, it, it's, this, it's this power, it's authority, it's promise. And we see this brilliant encounter with Jesus and the, the centurion who, um, who, want, who comes to Jesus, says, would you heal my servant? And Jesus says, I'll come to your house. And the centurion shows this amazing level of faith. And he says, you know, I don't, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to actually go to my servant. I just need you to say the word. That's what he says, just say the word and he'll be healed. And he says, listen, I'm a man under authority. You know, I've got soldiers and servants. And when I say go or come or do this, they do this. He's like, I understand about authority. And I recognize you, Jesus, as someone in authority. And so that when you speak, when you just say the word, it will happen. Right? The power and the promise and the authority in the voice of God. God's voice brings us direction. It brings us challenge. It brings us correction, comfort, encouragement. You know, when God speaks, everything changes. But we need to realize... We have, a part to, we have a part to play in walking in the fullness of that, right? We, his, his voice changes everything as long as we listen, we submit, we obey. 
right? As long as we partner with and align and walk in the way according to his, what he has said, right? Now, listen, and in saying that, that is in no way diminishing God's sovereignty. It's not in any way reducing or minimizing the power and the, the authority of God's voice. He just says the word and it will happen. But, but God's choice has always been to partner with humanity, to give us, to give each of us um, influence and agency that actually he wants to work with us and through us. Um, and so, you know, we can't, have, we can't afford to have a passive approach to the voice of God. So if we're, gonna, if we're gonna get serious about this voice that speaks with power, authority and promise, what does that actually look like? Um, and I want us to look at three things. Um, I want us to look at, you know, for me to get serious about the voice of God means I need to get serious about listening, serious about hearing and serious about obeying. Now, we're gonna do a whistle-stop talk of a couple of places in the Bible. Um, it is fascinating to me that those three words, um, the, the Greek and the Hebrew words, if you look in the Old Testament and the New Testament, both the Hebrew and the Greek words um, are used and they get translated differently. So there's these same words and they get translated, sometimes listen, sometimes hear, sometimes obey. It's the same word. So have a really, really quick look. So in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is Samoa, okay? Um, and this, is an ex and this is an example from Isaiah 28. This time um, it's translated, that word Samoa is translated for listen. So it says this, very well then, this is God speaking, very well then with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the resting place, let the weary rest. And this is the place of repose, but they would not listen. And that word at the end, listen, is that word Samoa. Um, so, you know, this passage makes it really clear. It's not that God isn't or hasn't spoken. You know, he's making this beautiful invitation, calling weary people into rest, um, but they don't listen. So sometimes that word Samoa is translated listen. Other times in the Old Testament, we see this exact same word translated here. So this is um, Deuteronomy 4, the, um, 35, 36. It says, you were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other beside him. He let you hear his voice, there's the word, from heaven to discipline you. And on earth, he showed you his great fire and you heard, same root word, you heard his words out of the fire. Exactly the same word. Sometimes that exact same Hebrew word, the same root word, Samoa, sometimes it is translated obey. Listen to this passage um, in 1 Samuel 15, where three times it says, it uses this word, but it translates it obey. Um, so just to give you a bit of context, this is a, um, a, a time in Israel's history where Saul is king um, and they're fighting the Amalekites. And God's been very clear, if you kind of read a bit earlier on in the chapter, chapter 15, God's been very clear that they're to go and destroy everything, every living thing, and including all their cattle, all their sheep, all of everything. Um, and that isn't what happens. Um, so let me read from verse 19. The answer Samuel, who is a prophet, comes to Saul and challenges him. And we see this interaction from verse 19. Why did you not obey the Lord? That word obey, it's the Hebrew word Samoa. Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evils in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and I brought back Agag their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? And then this really well-known phrase, to obey 
it's the same Hebrew word. To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Other translations actually say, and to listen. It's not the same Hebrew word, but it's the implications are exactly the same. God is saying, obeying is better than sacrifice. I want you to listen. So like, so what happened here? You know, where did, where did it go wrong um, for Saul here? Was it that he didn't listen? Was it that he didn't hear? Or was it that he didn't obey? Because sort of almost anywhere in the process, it could have gone wrong. He clearly says, but I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission, the mission. I destroyed the Amalekites. I brought back his king. Um, but the, the deal was what they did with the plunder. You know, God said they were to destroy everything and they didn't. And the soldiers took sheep and cattle to sacrifice to God. So almost saying, well, listen, we did a good thing with this. We did this for you. But God's like, no, I, I, you didn't obey. Um, and, it, and it was it that he didn't hear. He didn't hear what God said, did he? And was that because he wasn't listening? Or was it that he just did what he thought was better? But any which way, wherever it sort of broke down in the process, um, God is really clear. It's better to listen and obey. Listen carefully so that we hear fully and then we can obey completely, right? Listen, I'm sure if you, if you have any relationships with any person who has a smartphone, you understand what this looks like, right? So, you know, in our house, um, my kids washing up is their deal. So sometimes if I'm, you know, going on a call or going out um, a meeting in the evening or going out to see some friends or something, you know, I might say the kids will be, we've had dinner, they're sat in the lounge, maybe watching TV, one eye on a phone, um, and I'll say, hey kids, make sure you do the washing up before you go to bed and off I go. And you sort of might go, yep, okay. Um, you know, wind forward two and a half hours, I come back and the washing up's not done. Like, again, what's gone wrong? Did they absolutely hear very clearly, mum says, please do the washing up and they just decided not to. Um, did, they, did they genuinely not hear because they weren't listening, right? And so, you know, our phones are our greatest distraction, right? Actually put your phone down, like give me your eyes, then I know I've got your ears. That's what we kind of sometimes say to our two. Listen to me. And then have you heard? Great. And are you now going to do Now you're now going to obey. Are you now going to do what I've asked you to do? Um, but can you see that although it's, this, it's the same, it's fascinating to me, it's the exact same word that is used in the Bible, um, but it gets translated these three different things and they're not the same thing. Listening, hearing, obeying, they're not the same thing. They're all essential, but they're not necessarily the same thing. Um, and we need to, listen, we need to recognise we have a choice in all of those things, right? We can absolutely hear and we can choose to disobey, right? And sometimes we don't hear. And sometimes that's because we haven't listened. Um, let's have a look in the New Testament because it's the exact same thing. So this time we're in Greek now um, and the word is akua, which is where we get our word acoustic. A bit for you. Um, but again, it's the, the exact same Greek word is sometimes translated listen, sometimes translated here, sometimes translated obey. Let me give, give you a couple of examples super quickly. If you read in the gospels, you know, oftentimes when Jesus is teaching people, he starts off a parable or an interaction or a part of his teaching with, he starts by saying, listen. And then he goes on to say, and again, this is the word, akue, listen. And when, when Jesus is baptized, remember the story and, and the heavens open and a dove comes down and people hear the voice of God and God says, this is my son, listen to him. It's this Greek word, akue, right? Sometimes it means hear. So again, in Jesus' teaching, you know, the phrase we see quite a lot actually in all of the gospels, um, Jesus says he'll kind of, he'll present a parable or he'll teach them something and then he'll say, whoever has ears, let them hear. It's the same Greek word. So this time it's translated here. Let me read this verse to you. This is a fascinating verse in John 8 and I, I wanna highlight something really, really important for us. 
So this is Jesus in a dialogue with um, the Pharisees and they're kind of toing and froing over, well, who's Jesus and what's truth and, and who's children of the Pharisees? And it, it kind of goes to and fro a little bit. Um, and then it's going to be one verse. Jesus comes back and says this, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear, speaking to the Pharisees, is that you do not belong to God. It's one of these, another really spiky interactions Jesus has with the Pharisees. But the word hear, it's used twice, um, is this same Greek word coming from this root, akue. Um, but it, listen, it's really important that we highlight our ability to hear is tied to belonging to God. So I, I wanna kind of stress, it's really, we have to do something about listening and we have to do something about obeying, but I want us to just be really clear. We can hold on to a promise that I can hear God. I think, you know, I've, met, I've had so many conversations with people who question, um, not that God speaks, but question their ability to hear. Um, and I would encourage you, I would point them back here and say, listen, Jesus says, actually, if you belong to God, and we do, like we belong to him, therefore we can hear and we do hear. But again, it's the same word. Final one is obey. Right? So when Jesus calms the storms and the disciples are kind of processing it afterwards and they say, um, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. It's the same Greek word, akue. It's like, gosh, they, they, they hear, they listen to his voice and they do what he says. You can see this kind of, this interlinked almost between listening, hearing and obeying. It's the, it's the same word. And, and you know, I just find that fascinating. I would encourage you, if you, I've had a lovely time this week, like kind of just diving in and looking at these words and, and then almost doing like a Bible search. Um, there's some brilliant online tools um, and looking at all the different places, this Hebrew word Samoa, this Greek word Akue, they show up and what this tells me about the voice of God and my relationship, my, my willingness, my ability, the promise that I have that I can hear and the challenge and the call that I need to obey. Um, so I encourage you, maybe you've got some time this week, dive into that. Um, the Bible is full. It, that word is used all over the place, um, but it's the same word, but these three different elements. So what do we do with that, right? So what, now what? So ask ourselves those questions. That's fascinating. What an interesting literary device. We understand the Hebrew and the Greek, fabulous. But so what? Um, what? What does that look like? What does that mean for you and I if we're going to be a people who, who really get serious about the voice of God? Um, well, I think, I think it honestly means we have to be, get serious and be intentional and think about actually, what does that mean for me? You know, am I listening? Am I hearing? Am I obeying the voice of God? If I recognize there is this, you know, this unbelievable, creative, powerful authority and promise that comes with the voice of God. Like, what is my response to that? You know, I want, I want us to get serious about listening, about hearing and about obeying. Um, and we've kind of, we've kind of hinted at it already, but it's, it's obvious, right? Hearing and listening are not the same thing, right? Hearing is essentially, I suppose, the it's the physiological act of perceiving sound, right? Yes, I have heard that that has happened. Listening is very, very different. And there's, you know, so much great stuff written about, you know, active listening, which is actually I'm paying attention to the sounds. I'm paying attention to the words and I, I'm, I'm hearing, I am hearing it, but I'm hearing it with thoughtful attention. I'm trying to make sense of what you're saying and connecting to the person saying it, right? Listening is very, very different um, to hearing, you know, Listening, I think, is a, is a posture that we need to intentionally take up, the way we, we put away distractions and we, we put down our phone and we turn the TV off and we, 
and we focus, we listen to the person in front of us, you know, and we, and for our discipleship journey, actually I put away distractions and I stop and I lean in, I intentionally, thoughtfully listen to what God is saying in order that I will hear. And I have to do that. I'm standing on that promise that John 8 tells me that I belong to God, therefore I do hear, I will hear, I am going to hear. You do. Um, but, but there's an intention to it. And let me read you Isaiah 55. We hear this phrase quite a lot um, where God says, incline your ear. It says this, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Right? So just amazing promise. Actually, I'm going to make this everlasting covenant of love with you. But, but the kind of the, the call, the invitation is, Incline your ear and come to me here. Listen, it's the same Hebrew word, surprise, surprise, Samoa. It's the same word in this verse, actually. But we, there is that, it's that sort of turning aside. It is, it's leaning in, like we're leaning in with our spiritual ears to listen. Um, so we need to have, we need to do, we need to come to him. It kind of ties to our, you know, re-establishing our bottom line where we started this series of actually coming to Jesus knowing there's a whole load of options, there's a whole load of other voices, but we come to Jesus in faith, believing you've got the words of eternal life. And so I'm going to incline my ear and I'm going to listen. And because that's, that's, the, that's the invitation and the promise in Isaiah, this verse in Isaiah 55. We would incline our ears, we'd come to him, we'd hear, we'd listen. It does actually get translated different ways in different translations, but it's the same Hebrew word Samoa. Hear that your soul may live. Right? For me, that really, that, I, that pulls me through into that interaction in John 6 um, between Peter and Jesus where Peter's like, I'm not, where else would I go? You have, you have the words of eternal life. Actually, so I'm going to come to you. I'm going to listen to you that I might live and have life in all its fullness. This is the invitation. This is the promise. But we, we have to think about what does that look like? What are the implications? Um, what do I need to do? And so it is, it's, it's open ears and it's soft hearts. Um, this is really important. There's um. In Hebrews, and for time, we're not going to look at all of these verses, but in Hebrews 4, it talks about, um, it kind of references back to a time of the Israelites um, in the desert. And, and again, this God's invitation to bring them into a place of rest. Um, and, and Paul says it in, he, he says, you know, don't be like they were. It's like, if you, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Right? Now, that's a little bit different having open ears, right? So there's a, there's a process in our, in our active listening in order to hear from God. There's absolutely, there's inclining our ear. There's open ears, but then there's soft hearts, right? I, I don't want to harden my heart. I actually want to, I want to hear and I want what he says to land somewhere, to, to take root somewhere um, in order to enter into his rest. Um, which, so it pulls us through to say, listen, hearing and listening are not quite the same thing. They're massively, of course, massively into interlinked but they're not the same thing but then from that point we have to obey you know soft hearts it, it for me is about is I've heard it's landed and, I, and I'm going to go with that um, James makes this abundantly clear um, he says this do not merely listen to the word um, and so deceive yourselves do what it says James is such a brilliant book in the bible because it's just so kind of says what it is and, and it's just cut and absolutely clear, black and white. Don't just listen, do it, like do it. And again, 
Surprise, surprise, it's the same Greek word here, akoue. Do not merely listen to the word. Other translations say, don't be merely hearers of the word, but yes, hear, yes, listen, but you're kidding yourself if you stop there. Does that make sense? Yes, lean in and listen. Yes, sound on the promise that you can hear, but you are kidding yourself if you stop there. Do what it says. Listen to the voice and obey the voice. Listen to his voice and follow his voice. That, guys, that's the discipleship journey. And we, we need to take that seriously. Serious about hearing, serious about listening, serious about doing, about obeying. Um, and listen, to obey, we've got to understand in the, in the new covenant, like obeying is not about control. Obeying is about relationship. Um, and Jesus makes this massively clear in John 14. So this is the last stuff and he's talking um, with his disciples and he makes it really clear and, and links uh, multiple times, more than once, he links obedience with love. So just, you know, verse 23 says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And he says it earlier and he's like, actually my, my, my commands, my teachings aren't burdensome, but it's, it's out of, it is a relational obedience. It is, a, it is out of relationship. Um, acknowledging that is a choice like all of these things are choice, but we absolutely have a choice. Um, you know, we have a choice whether we're going to come to him, incline our ear and listen and hear what he's saying. And we absolutely have a choice. Are we going to, what are we going to do with what he said? You know, are we going to harden our heart? And again, in Hebrews 12, you know, Paul says, be careful, don't refuse him who is speaking. Like, don't refuse him. Which tells us, listen, it's absolutely an option we have. We can refuse him. But the call is, no, we have soft hearts, so we don't. So we obey. So every point in this process, every point um, in listening, in hearing and obeying, we have a choice. And my, my urge to us in, in this season, in the kind of culture and context we live in, is that we need to be, as God's people, we have got to be a people who take seriously the voice of God. Listen, and that looks like that looks like the Bible, and absolutely, of course, it looks like the prophetic. But let me say this: you know, I we highly value the prophetic. You know, we love it as a you know God's gift to the church. It's so vital in seeing us on our maturity journey into all the fullness of God. Right? Actually, the reason He gave all of those beautiful gifts, the fivefold ministry, is for our maturity, and the prophetic is a vital part of that. Um, but I, I, let me say this: we cannot have a higher value. Um, for a prophetic word, even that the most gifted, most anointed prophet has given us, because we have to know, they know in part, they see and they hear in part. Everything has to come back and be anchored to the word of God. And so we need to, you know, in our getting serious, you know, guys, we have got to have a better, deeper, more consistent, more disciplined commitment to the word of God and the Bible. And not just a kind of a one verse of the day devotion, but digging into it, like hiding his word deep in our hearts so that actually it's, it's there. We don't sin against him. Like, well, let's do the work of hiding his word in our hearts. Like that's what taking the voice of God seriously looks like because that's how he's, you know, the primary way God has spoken is in his word um, and in Jesus. Listen, Hebrews 1 makes it really clear, a beautiful passage. So listen, in the past, God has spoken in various ways and through his prophets, but in these days, he has spoken to us through his son. So we have to you know, pour ourselves into the gospels and look at the words and the works of Jesus in order to walk in his ways because Jesus is God speaking to us. 
right? Now, in none of that am I dismissing the prophetic. We highly value the prophetic. And absolutely, you know, Paul tells us that they're, they're like kind of lanterns helping us guide the way. Actually, take seriously, steward, treasure the things that God has said. Absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm convinced, you know, that the church generally, like we have, we've got to get really serious about relationship with the Bible. The Bible as the voice of God. So let's bring this into land. Two things. I want us to be fully confident in the voice of God, and I want us to be incredibly committed to the voice of God. Right? We can be confident in his voice. The voice of the Lord it is powerful. It is majestic. Like, I encourage you, just go back and read those verses in Job where we started Job 37 again. Just the, and just meditate on the power in the voice of God and, and the promise. You know, it will not return empty. You know, God says it will accomplish what I desire. It will, right? And so we can be confident, but we must remain anchored to the voice of God, um, knowing, knowing that he speaks a far better word than all the empty claims on, on the earth. Love that verse in Hebrews. He speaks a far better word, but we need to be leaning in and listening, recognizing, you know, there are constant other empty claims coming at us from all directions, from all sources, right? Actually, from culture, from politics, from my emotions, from my past, other people's opinions, all of those things would want to speak something over me. But he speaks a better word. But we need to lean in and listen. And this is where you know, our confidence needs to come from. You know, God isn't just a God who speaks, he acts. He doesn't just make a promise, he fulfills a promise. He doesn't just um, bring direction to us. He promises to walk with us in that. He doesn't just, you know, bring correction or challenge, conviction. He does. And we need to embrace that voice of God. He gives us grace to walk in his best way and his right way. So that's where our confidence comes from. God doesn't just speak, he acts and he walks with us. Um, but we need to be equally committed to his voice, getting serious about the voice of God. And so actually it looks like these three things that we listen carefully, we hear clearly, and we obey completely. Not like Saul saying, well, I did most of what you said. I did the mission. And actually, he sort of blame shifts a bit, doesn't he? He's like, well, the soldiers did that, but it was a good thing because they were sacrificing it for you. But actually, God's saying, I want you to hear clearly, and I want you to obey fully the voice of God, even when we don't understand, even when it's costly, because we can have confidence that this voice speaks the very best word, is writing, you know, that is narrating the very best story for our lives. So we can be confident in his voice, but I wanna urge us to have an increased commitment to the voice of God. So why don't we take a moment, let's just pray. <clears throat> God, I wanna thank you. Um, thank you, God, that you speak. And thank you, God, that um, as your children, as people who belong to you, thank you that we can hear. And God, I even pray now for anyone who's listening who, who doubts that they can hear, who somehow, um, yeah, the enemy is just convinced that they're not someone who hears. We just say that that is not true. You belong to God and you can hear his voice. So thank you, God. Thank you that you speak and thank you that you can hear. And Father, we pray, would you help us to be a people who listen? God, we want to incline our ears. We want to come to you. And God, we want to obey. Father, forgive us for the times when we hear your voice and we don't do it. Father, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be people who do, who obey, who follow. And so would you help us in that?
Father, help us to listen. Help us in our hearing. Help us with our relationship with the Bible. Um, remind us of the prophetic words you've given us in the past. Help us to steward those things well. Um, but Jesus, yeah, we, we thank you. Thank you that you speak. And we say, God, we are confident in your voice and we want to um, be recommitted to your voice. We want to listen. We want to follow. We want to hear and we want to obey. So would you help us in that journey? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amazing. Hey, Vine Life um, Church Manchester, do not forget that our prayer team are ready to pray with you. Anything we've chatted about this morning, anything that's going on in life right now, our team would love to pray with you. Details are going to come up. Um, and so do jump on that Zoom call and they would really love to pray for you. They would love to listen to the voice of God for you um, and speak what God is saying and to encourage you, to strengthen you, build you up. So do um, take advantage of that. And please, hey, don't forget, it's, um, it is room tonight. It's, a, it's different um, online, but we've had some brilliant times of just of worship, creating space to listen to God and to pray. It, like it really matters. So if you've never jumped on that before, listen, our, like we need to be a praying people um, and I would love to invite you to come and join us this evening for room as we just create some space to worship to listen and to pray we would love to have you there with us um, other than that um, look after yourselves look after each other and um, keep listening and um, we will see you very soon but have a great week god bless you